And welcome to the Shungite Reality Show. It's October 26, 2021. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me, we have Derek Condit, Mark Joseph, and Walt Silva is our guest because we're going to talk about light being the key to life. Okay, Derek, hi. How are you doing? Good morning, everyone. And I appreciate you joining us, Walt, too. Yeah, this should be an exciting show. We're going to be all over the place. <laughs> Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. Hello, Mark. Hi, Walt. Hi, Derek and Nancy. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a fun show. Love it. Okay, let's... Um, is there anything else that you wanted to get into, Derek, that you thought we should talk about? Well, first off, just explain to people what we're doing with the colloidal silver. Because that's, oh, sure. yeah. th that's what you're doing, you're set up. Um, I put a promo up there, and I do have the basic battery to the Shungite, uh, silver, uh, the silver rods and that there is a picture up there that you can talk to. I don't know if you've seen the promo. Yeah, I did, and I just now shared another one in chat. For those that aren't in chat and are listening, what we're talking about is um, here in the background, kind of behind the scenes, I'm in conjunction with the podcast making a batch of what's called colloidal silver. Uh, and we'll get into that and, and hopefully pick Walt's um, enormous brain on the subject um, <laughs> and, and then get into more of that. But what we're show, long story short, um, well, actually, let me bring up a, a Google page here and see how they want to describe it. But basically, colloidal silver is just small, hopefully nano-sized silver particles suspended in a distilled water. And then you can use that for different um, ailments or uses. Of course, it's good for burns and um, and I don't know, Nancy, how much we <laughs> want to get into saying things like whether you can consume it or not, because as I look on, um, if they're still threatening out there that you're going to turn blue or green or something like that. Oh. Can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. So, um, but yeah, so you guys may hear some beeping here in about 10 minutes. Well, well, um, well, well, wait, wait, wait just a second. Okay. So yeah. do either of you know what the true story is, how that blue man thing got going? No, I don't remember. Well, it, it must have been a, a cabal psyop because I, I think it was uh, it was Jerry Springer or Oprah. It's one of these presenters, talk show presenters. So, and I and I, and, and when I, I when I saw that show, I, I laughed out loud because it recent I, that was in New York when I was living in New York, and maybe a week before that show. I had already experienced, I, I, in, in, in a 24-hour period, I drank a whole gallon of colloidal silver because I, I, I came down with a with a flu. And uh, I think it lasted one day or two days. That's that's about it. And I drank a whole gallon of it. And my colloidal silver is so concentrated, it looks like tea. Uh, and, and I didn't have any crazy experience like that. So that's, that was obviously a psyop at the time. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm to not get blue people either. away from it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm not sitting here. All, I'm not all blue manned out on this end. No, and I've drank a gallon too. Um, and I make it pretty. I don't know Walt, what you do, but we have a actually for those listening, maybe we'll throw a little bit more tidbits in here as we're chatting. But it's called a TDS meter. Is what I'm getting at a total dissolved solids meter. It's a little twenty dollar cheap device you can get online, and that'll test the number of particulates suspended in a fluid. So that's how you can test the PPM or parts per million of the um, suspended colloidal silver. So basically, Walt, what I do here and I'm making right now, I'll cycle it through. Um, and for those listening, the, again, we shared an image in the chat room of a little box that, and I use a blacked out that I actually painted 
um, mason jar because you don't want light into it. And I'll actually let Walt, if he's interested, get into some of that. But um, yeah, so we're making it here and I make it, oh, I don't know, about 20. And you can go a lot higher, of course, parts per million. But I do it about 20. What do you typically do for you, Walt? Once it gets dark, that's when I stop it. Okay. I just yeah. I just look because what happens is it gets once the concentration is is uh, it's dense enough, mm-hmm. uh, it stops producing. I mean, it stops becoming suspension, and you start getting particles on the surface, on the very on surface of it. And I said, okay, time to stop, Good. because you're Perfect. not. You, <laughs> that's a as, 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 that's as dense as it, you'll make it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because like you're you're alluding to, too. I mean, you can only make it so dense because it gets so thick in there. It's just not going to happen that way. Um, and then you're yeah. limited to particles. But the, imp- the important thing is the temperature. You always have to do, have the water a few degrees before boiling because that's how you get the tiniest particles. I don't understand those people that make colloidal silver in, in room temperature. I mean, that's going to take a whole day to make a, a noticeable amount of colloidal silver. The heat of the of the water is uh, is quite uh, significant. The hotter the water, the smaller the particles. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I'd have to say because I'm doing it in little 25 minute cycles here, and then basically, I take and again, this is for those that are listening. Um, I'll take the device off the top of the mason jar, and there's two little silver rods kind of hanging out that are in there, and that's where one will pull. And again, I'm being really vague and quick here, just for explanation. But one of them is they're both um charge so there's a, there's uh electrodes on them and they're pulling particles off one rod toward the other and then you want the silver rods just far enough apart so that it doesn't the silver particles don't continue all the way across and touch the other silver rod you want it to again become colloidal or suspend in the water um so i guess what i'm getting at here is i probably get about seven parts per million per 25 minute cycle and i do three of them is what i do and then you have to shake, as what was talking about as well, because of the particles in there, um, they will settle on the bottom of the jar. So if your little silver rods in there are too long and they're actually kind of near the bottom of the jar, that could be an issue, too, for a whole lot of other things. Um, well, you, you do have to, I mean, you, you do filter it before you bottle it, right? Uh, oh, yeah. And I use, and well, I begin with only distilled, and that's another important part, distilled water only, non mineralized so what i found walt i don't know if you've yeah. seen this um but they've actually started remineralizing distilled water and i'm kind of like well it kind of defeats the whole Why? point <laughs> i know remineralized distilled water is just regular water <laughs> yeah yeah and i i got in this i'm like what the heck i saw some and remineralized for babies or something that said on there so yeah it's just something i didn't know they were doing which Kind of defeated the whole point of why I was looking the for only, this. Thing. The, the only um, the only logical explanation would be water that's distilled to get rid of the fluorine, the fluoride, and then they remineralize it. Because uh, years ago I had a water distiller that I bought just for the for that purpose to make distilled water for the colloidal silver, and it brought with it uh, like a like a cartridge that you would uh, hang on the neck of the receiving bottle, so that would put would put uh, minerals back into the water for drinking purposes. But the, the, the distillation, the purpose of the distillation is to get rid of the fluoride and all the other contaminants that we don't want in the water. That's about it. But uh, for, for the colloidal silver, uh, obviously you take out the canister because you don't want minerals in that water. <laughs> 
Yeah, that, yeah, that can interf- interfere with the whole, you know, the process of making the cordial silver. Of course, you got too many minerals suspended in there. Okay, yeah. you guys kind of jumped over the what you're doing here. You got the two rods of silver in there, and you're running an electric current through them, correct? Correct. Yep. It basically plugs into the wall, and then you have a positive and negative charge in these silver uh, little rods that the electrodes. And I have an actual. There's different ways of doing it. That's why I shared an image in chat with a. A little black box that maybe you can see um, that's probably, I don't know, five inches across. Uh, Walt, I use the Life Force model just out of sheer convenience. And for everybody listening, um, what a voltage. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'm trying to zoom in on the image here. Good point. I'll find that out. Um, and for those listening, you can buy these devices online. Um, I don't have the paperwork and it's not written on there, but that's a good question. Now I'm going to have to find that out. What do you do yours at? Mine is uh, 24 volts because 12 volts is, was was not wasn't strong enough. Oh, okay, okay, interesting. Yeah, and I make it again. This is always for the listeners. Um, I'm making it by the quart, so I literally have a, a. And of course, silver responds to light, so you want to keep it as dark. I don't know where Walt falls in on that. He okay, yeah, okay, 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 hold on. Yeah, okay, hold on. You, you you stopped in the you did never finished it. You, you you got the the ele- you got electricity going down one rod that's positive and one rod that's negative. Is that right? Oh, I'm so glad you're here, Nancy. Yes, because of course, if Walter and I start talking, we're visualizing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm here for. I know. So I'll, I'll chill out. I, I've got the reins. I've got the reins. Don't worry, boys. Okay. Go go. <laughs> no, so that's perfect. Good explanation. Yes, that little box with these silver rods are put up in there, and the box is nice. I mentioned that again. Not that I'm a big promoter of the life force model, but it does evenly separate the two silver rods so you're at the right separation level for this type of uh, use. So, yes. Does it, ro- does it rotate the polarity? Uh, it does, yeah. Mm-hmm. This one so does. So, every, every oh. so many minutes, it, they change polarity with each other, the, um, the rods? Yeah, it's exactly. And what okay. Walt's talking about is it reverses, so that it's so then you're not pulling off one oh, rod. Oh, okay, 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 <laughs> guys. All right, so you got the positive and the negative, and it because they start interacting with each other, the rods themselves start to disintegrate. Yeah, and, and put the yeah, and, yeah. and you got silver rods, pure silver rods, that because of the electric current are at the molecular level are coming apart. They're, they're pulling away like little pieces. So depending on the amount of current you get, you get smaller pieces. Is that what you're referencing there, Walt, when you talked about the 12 versus 24? Okay. When you have DC, continuous current, on, on, in, the, in the water, and the, I always save a certain... I, initially, when you, when you start making colloidal silver, and let's say you start with nothing you don't you don't have any colloidal silver all you have is distilled water and 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 your setup right okay you need something a tiny amount of something in order to get the current going because pure distilled water with just two rods sitting in it is an isolator nothing is going to happen i mean that well you could i shouldn't say that maybe if you sit let it sit there for a whole week It'll start doing something, but you need something in the water that that will conduct the ions, the ionic charge. Because here's the thing that's confusing about silver. (laughs) You can talk about silver particles is one thing, 
and you have silver ions is another thing. When you talk about silver ions, is those are positive charge. And when you're talking about silver particles, those are negative charge. I know it's confusing so much so that you want to go home, but no, you don't have to go home. <laughs> so what up when you um again when you don't when you have distilled water and there's nothing to allow for that conduction, uh the trick that I learned is just two or three maybe grains of salt. That's about it. Not a pinch, not even smaller. Just a few grains that you can barely see by the naked eye. You let that fall in the water, and because the table salt dissolves right away, uh, it immediately allows for that conductivity to occur in the water, and then you have current going from probe to probe. And that's it. Once you get current going, now it starts working on the on this on the silver in the probes. And when you when you're um, when you have the, the, the thing connected, whichever uh, whichever probe is uh, positive, is going to get all the, the all the all the particles depositing on it. Whichever one is negative becomes shiny white. So you get a one a black <laughs> probe and you get a, a white probe because one is disintegrating, it's falling apart, and the other one is picking up all the particles. That's why you have to keep alternating. So that way, both probes wear down evenly. If you keep the the polarity fixed, then one probe is going to get really thin, and another probe is going to get thick because it's going to pick up all the particles. That's why it's also important to keep the temperature as close as possible, a few degrees below boiling, because that guarantees the smallest particle size. The hotter the water, the smaller are the particles. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I'll have to look into the water one and do some some tests. I just now walked back to the desk. So I got up and just did a cycle of it while Walt was describing mm -hmm. some of this. So just what he's saying, I pulled, I had to unplug it because you still don't want the charge going when I had to cycle the water. So basically I went over there, pulled the device out, put the lid on the mason jar, shook it up, set it back down and put the device back. But for those listening, because I'm seeing some uh, <clears throat> excuse me, comments in chat. So even if you don't have a device, you can even get some little alligator clips um, that they, they're called different things, but little clips. Um, and you can make them with that and different batteries. That's what I use. I don't, I don't oh. have, I, I just have a power supply with alligator clips and, uh, and that's it. Yep. And I just clip the uh, the, uh, the probes mm -hmm. to the edges of the beaker because I have a Pyrex beaker. That's where I put the, the water. And no matter how constant, that's why it's so important to, um, after you're done, and you're ready to bottle your colloidal silver. That's why it's important to use the, I use a paper coffee filter to filter out any any particles that are left because when you have true, true colloidal silver, it never deposits. You never get anything on the bottom because that, that that's what makes it a colloid. It's a, it's a by definition, a colloid is a suspension that never settles. Because in, in chemistry, you have different terms for different things. Like you have, uh, for example, a table salt in water. It's uh, You have a solvent and a solute. Uh, water is a solvent, the, the table salt is a solute. So you have a solution. Because now the table salt has dissolved in the water. But colloidal silver is not a solution. 
it's a suspension. It's the same thing you get when you mix, uh, uh, let's say, soil in a bucket of water and you get mud. It's a suspension. But if you leave it alone and come back in a few hours, most of that is has deposited in the bottom and most of the water has become somewhat clear. There are still, depending on how much clay is in the soil, uh, everything precipitates, everything goes to the bottom. But a colloid remains. A colloid never settles. And that's that's the key to good colloidal silver. It never it never becomes clear. The only way I was able I sent I remember at the time I sent Nancy the photos. The only time I ever was able to make colloidal silver disappear was uh, I sh I sent her the um, a bottle of of um I had a a cup just a crystal cup cup like a goblet and I filled it with colloidal colloidal silver and you can see the color in the fluid. And then I put a, a, I think it was a tablespoon of the Shanghai powder, and I and I shook that, and I just let it sit. And then I filtered out, and I took I took out all the the Shanghai. Now it was like little Shanghai mud because you know you have liquid wet uh, powder, but when I filtered out and got the water out, all the water was clear, all the silver was gone. That's that's when I discovered how. The magnetism between silver and and shungite. Shungite just loved the silver. It, all of it went into the shungite. It disappeared from the liquid. <laughs> that was my first experience with playing with uh, with the shungite. It, it the the attraction between those two was enormous. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I've seen Sorry, that I, I straight off topic. <laughs> well, actually, actually, this, let me jump in here. The first thing he did was put some nuggets in it. Now, he swears he doesn't remember putting the nuggets in it, but I do. Because he, he actually took, he had some colloidal silver, and we were talking about this, you know, this, this the fact that pendants were taking silver, pure silver, and mm -hmm. making them disappear, the wire. And so he was, he just put the, the silver, uh, the nuggets in the colloidal silver. So the first thing was the colloidal silver. But then he realized, well, we'll do it. We'll, we'll, what happens when you put that's? I think that's why you put the powder in there, Walt. Oh. Because you wanted to know, well, what happens when I put <laughs> this, Walt? What happens? Well, I ask I, him so many times, why did you do that? <laughs> I, I I, one of the things is, is that I, I, one of the things, now that you're mentioning the nuggets, I am remembering, I, uh, it's like a, like a photographic image. That I did attempt putting um, elite shungite in a bottle in a uh, what do you call it in in a jar with the colloidal silver, and I let it sit for like three four days. And after three four days, no change whatsoever. It's like the like the elite shungite is so dense it actually took no silver whatsoever. Which in, is another indicator that it's not a surface thing. It's actually absorbed into yeah. it. It's saturated. That's why we use the word silver saturated. Um, okay, so I have to do this because Infinity's in chat asking about it. Um, uh, she's, she, she wanted a picture of what you were talking about, your setup, which I had on the promo, so I sent it to her. And then she asked, do you, so you, do you use a 24-volt battery? You're, that's what you're using, right, Walt, instead of a 12-volt? No, a 24-volt DC power supply. 
because yeah. that's the only thing I had around. Watch the battery. I'm lazy that I'm lazy that way. <laughs> I just I just rummage around and see what I find in the garage. And voila, oh look, I have power, 24 volt power supply. Okay, I'll I'll use this and that's it. So okay, so you don't even use a battery. You plug into the wall with one of those yeah. with one of those power things that you put it's, everything on. Something has all you you know, you got a pile of these things that got wires in a box and you don't know what the hell they belong to. That that, that thing <laughs> you talking about? Yeah, that's all that's all it is. It's a power supply and all the only thing I did is uh, I I uh, a regular power supply with a regular DC connector, and what I did is I, I cut off the DC connector and I soldered a couple of alligator clips. So instead of a connector, it has alligator clips. So that's what I attach, and I use the alligator clips to clip the uh, the uh, silver probes to the glass. So the the silver probes are sitting on opposite sides inside the beaker. Then that's about it. And just uh, like I said, uh, 30 minutes. Uh, and and change the polarity so that the uh, the probes wear down evenly, but I don't have anything fancy, no, not at okay, all. Okay, okay. So, so for somebody that <laughs> didn't want to go that way or you know soldering and that sort of thing, you can use a twenty four volt battery, correct? Uh, yeah. The the problem is that you have to keep charging the battery, and and I don't like the fact. Unless you're you're dealing with a, in a high capacity battery, that means it'll give you a solid charge for quite a, for the amount of time that it'll take to make the colloidal silver. Then you you just say okay, okay, I guess you can stick with that. But I don't like the fact that there's a a charge curve that as over time the amount of charge reduces. So I'm not using the same level of charge. During the process, beginning during the beginning and end of the process, you understand what I'm saying is that the battery's running some, down or what? No, what's causing exactly, that? Exactly. Okay. You're running down because you're you're using the charge to run the uh, el- electrolysis on the on the uh, distilled water. So then you don't have the same amount of charge. So as time is passing, your charge goes lower and lower and lower. So you can't rely on the same amount of silver. But if over time you can count on having a steady charge, then yes, you, you can you know from beginning to end you are going to be using the same amount of energy. Therefore, whatever you have in the water is going to be the concentration of silver to water. That's going to be that that's that's the only variable that you are counting on. But if you have a battery, the battery is running down. So now you have to do a little bit of math. Okay, how much charge do I have left? That means I have so much concentration, PPM of silver per per amount of water. So it's like, really? Do I really need to make it so difficult for myself (laughs) when a power supply is really so cheap? Uh, I'm sorry, that's, I guess, I mean, that's the way that I view it. Why, Why bother with the battery? Just use a power supply. Absolutely. Now, um, Derek went in because, of course, I would have done the same thing. Infinity 8 said, solder, oh, my God, (laughs) OMG. All right? So um, no battery, too much responsibility, and babysitting. I thought soldering was seeding grass. Oh, my God, I'm lost. (laughs) All right. 
So, so, well, yeah, because we, she was talking about soldering the wire and doing the uh, alligator clips. So Derek gave oh. her De- Derek gave her uh, a um, a link to uh, I guess it's the yeah it's the uh, life force system that she's got, which obviously, you know, for most of us, if you can afford it, do it because you just have to plug it in. My understanding, right? And then it it is yeah. a, it's keeping the same kind of a flow into the system, therefore having continuity and stability in your processing of the colloidal silver. But, let me ask, and this is a question, okay? So, if you don't have the money for it, or you just want to be able to do this, you could use a 12-volt battery. You'd still have the same fluctuation thing, but you don't have to go with You're, the, you're go talking ahead. about a car battery, right? Well, I don't know. What are you talking about? No, I was talking about a small battery. What? Colloidal silver with a long... Well, no. Oh, so you have to use a battery, like a car <laughs> battery? Yeah, you need to have a, a good, consistent amount of... this. That's you, you, You're using current. So Okay, look. Muscle. Okay, okay. Can you... Are you looking at the chat? Yeah. Okay, look at the promo. Go up a, a couple and, and you'll see... They have just a little Energizer battery there. I got this off of Google, of course, because I don't use Google for searching stuff except if it's images. They're much better with images. Um, so you've got a little battery there. I, that, you know. Jesus. How long does this run before it runs down? What, 10 minutes at the most? Ah. I would use that image. Yeah, that 9-volt battery is a terrible idea, the one in the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, So that's a, that's a 9-volt battery? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You want to do what Walt's saying or the device that I talked about. And I'm about to share the meter in chat as well that we were talking about. Okay, so the even cheap, yeah. even though if you Google making colloidal silver, you see this particular image, I mean, like this setup, I'll say setup, not image. I mean, that's that's what you see. You don't see this what was... you guys are talking about. Yeah. Well, what somebody was trying to maybe just give an illustration of making colloidal silver not effectively but it's yeah. just an illustrator and you know battery connected to probes inside look and inside water and but it's is, very uh deceptive there's a lot wrong with that photo the rods you don't just toss in the water either they have to because be you see distance. yeah yeah also because as the water as you as you are releasing more more silver into the water okay as you're you're putting more silver into the water, more silver means more conduction. More conduction means less resistance. Less resistance means more current. So you keep as as the concentration of shungite, uh, no, as the concentration of silver goes up, the amount of cur- of current you're using has to go up as well. So you keep draining the battery faster and faster and faster as time goes by. <laughs> See why you want to use a power supply. <laughs> Because that 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 that'll give you the, the the only time I ever used uh, what do you call it uh, DC car batteries to to be clear car batteries because those are those are big uh, hunkers and they're meant for a lot of current draw was to power my original Rife setup which uh, it, I could not get a power supply big enough to supply the the current that the setup needed so I used car batteries for that. But that was the only time, not not for, not for colloidal silver. 
So it's likely a lot of people are doing this and making nothing but water. <laughs> Essentially, uh, there wouldn't be enough. Is I mean, unless they're burning a ton of batteries, <laughs> they're going through batteries like there's no tomorrow. Interesting. Yeah, Especially if they're. <laughs> I'm glad we're doing this because, like I say, if you if you do the search, that's what you come up with. Is that and you better have pure silver too? So you can buy the silver rods uh, certified online. Because you don't want some other metals in there, of course, something like that. So make sure yeah. you don't go to some cheap place the, to get your there's an There's another way that I've, it, it, and it's not complicated at all because I used that in, in New York. Uh, at one time, I was involved in metal plating, like gold plating, silver plating, because I, I, I told Nancy I used to work for an outfit that dealt with uh, custom jewelry. So we used to plate uh, a little bit of gold and a little silver and because we'd never done it before, we handed, we wanted to know how complicated or how easy it was, and it was if it was did it pay to go into plating. So what my boss did at the time, he just bought a very small plating machine. He just plugged it into the wall, and it had an, a knob, and it had a, the what do you call it, the terminals. Those comes already with built-in alligator clips. And it was just a matter of uh, plugging it in and turning it on. And all it had was a knob to regulate the amount of current, because depending on what you want to plate, you want more or less current, and the quality would vary. And that's another way of doing it, because a plating kit is exactly what you need for uh, for colloidal silver. You need a, a source of current and and the alligator clips to grab the, the probes, and that's about it. About it. It's, I, I, Not I say, I'm glad you mentioned that, Walt, because I actually, because um, I have platers as well for gold and silver. I don't know if I've mentioned this to you guys or Nancy. Oh, but I actually, okay. oh, I silver plated a Shungite nugget a few months ago. So uh, you can actually like stick it in the, the fluid. This is, again, this is for those listening. You can sit it in the um, the fluid, do the different, there's different ways of doing it. But long story short, yes, those metals will adhere to the surface of the Shungite. And then in that case, actually migrate inside to a degree. Um, because I've looked at it under my microscope. But, yeah, you can straight a plate, silver plate, I'm talking, just like what I was talking about, an actual nugget. And I did that, just half of one, kind of just dipped half of it in the, the fluid. And it came out really, really interesting. Uh, that, that would be very good to do a, an experiment. Since with my dowsing, I was able to determine that every single, every single mug, uh, nugget has polarity. One side will always be positive. One side will always be negative. And I thought that that would be a great thing if if you have a, a soldering kit, douse which one is which, and then uh, plate the the faces. I mean, plate the two faces, the the negative and the positive. And because that, that now you have a tremendous uh, what do you call it, the difference of potential between the, the polarities, and that's a far more effective nugget than just a naked one. That that's what I explained to someone. When speaking of, of uh, the Shungite, yes, Shungite by itself, the nuggets are powerful. But a, a pure nugget by itself, it's like having a heart and a brain and nothing much. I mean, imagine us humans. If, the, if, if all we had was a heart and a brain, what, in a jar? You know, it would be nice, I guess. It would be interesting to look at, but not very useful. But once you give... Shanghai a body to work with it really takes off it like a rocket 
So if you were to do that with a nugget, now you're giving it something to play with. That, that's why the reason for the existence of my devices uh, is it's the Shanghai that's actually making the thing work. <laughs> the structure is nice, it's effective, but it's the Shanghai is at the heart of it because it, it, it really takes off. It, it, it begins to use its capabilities. And if you, and if you could plate the two faces on a nugget, wow, that would, it would it, it would be uh, an, a Shanghai battery. Absolutely, yeah. Imagine what you could do with a Shanghai battery. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll. I was, I, I was able to generate a, a difference of potential with with using um, Shanghai powder, rare earth magnets inside a test tube. So I I put uh, the the magnets in layers and the layers were separated by Shanghai powder and then all I did is was I put a probe into either end into both ends you know and I was getting I was getting voltage and that's all it was it was magnets and Shanghai so think about it you 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 could be uh, the inventor of the Shanghai battery. Of course, they like killed you work. because it never wears down. So can you can you can you just say that again? <laughs> can you say that again? What did you do? You 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 changed. What did you just say? Because I got so into it. Just repeat yourself. No, I, I I used a, what do you call it? I used a, like a test tube so that I could put a rare earth magnets on the same diameter, like separ like uh, separators. So I I I used. Three rare earth magnets. I think these were eight pound magnets. Um, eight pound, not not the weight of the magnet, the strength of the magnet. They're very small. They look like dimes, and they're eight. They're eight pounds. That's I mean that's the strength, of the pulling strength on the magnet. And what I did is I, I put a certain amount of uh, Shanghai powder, and then plugged it with the, with the magnet and then put more powder behind that. So essentially I, I put three three magnets inside a test tube and these magnets were separated with layers of the Shanghai powder. And then at, at the end, what I, I put um, uh, copper wires inside the, uh, the Shanghai ends, the, the, two, the two layers that were the ends of this pile. I, ju I just put I just put a copper copper wire, and then when I when I applied a meter to it, I was getting a voltage differential, and and that's all it was. It was just batteries, and uh, of course the batteries were oriented in a specific polarity, but already I was registering uh, voltage differentials. And what I was using it is like a like a healing device, so that uh, uh, with one hand I was grabbing one wire, the other hand the other and letting that current flow through you. So it's like, I guess, uh, Shungate current going through you. I don't know. I do so many st tests when... <laughs> but uh, I guess... That, 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 I, I, you know, I mean, I've been working with this guy since 2014, and I got to tell you, I, I'll ask him something, and you know, I think, oh, this is something new, and he's already done experiments and made devices of that. He tells nobody. God only knows what you've got in your 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 well, shop. Well, there's nobody to tell. And I know. I'm a, I'm a projector. Unless I get the invitation to talk, nobody wants to listen. You you talk and talk, and it just doesn't register. 
they want to they have to invite you they have to want to listen to whatever you have to say because otherwise it doesn't work sorry that's i mean you probably you've probably stumbled onto the do you remember when dave corso said that you were going to make something that would change the world so to speak you know you probably already made it. We just don't know what it is. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm sorry to, you know, we got off on a tangent there, but that was just really amazing. Um, so we, we don't want to scare the audience. We want to say, yes, colloidal silver. Yes, you can make it. Yes, it's not difficult. No, it's not going to explode. And you're not going to turn blue. <laughs> you're not going to turn blue. Yeah. You want to turn blue, get some makeup. <laughs> oh dear too funny too funny um, Derek did you want to comment or where would you like to uh, go now no no I mean other than, I mean, the only note I have written down here is we were talking because uh, um, that's why I love letting Walt just go because he's going to get so much info out there um, just one point would be because maybe you'll, if somebody gets online, search engine and Google's colloidal silver, they'll see that people are doing silver coins and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> of course, make sure you have real silver, like I was saying. Um, but my point on the coins was literally you'll see the particles. So the face of the coin or the back, um, depending on which way you have it oriented in there to the other coin, because you need two, um, it'll pull the face off. So long story short, you'll have coins like I have as well. And I don't use coins. I use silver rods now, but I've done it uh, just a plethora of ways. Um, you'll actually, the face, the little particles of silver that make up the indention of the face, the imprint, um, will disappear. So, yeah, basically, um, again, just to give that that visualization, the particles are leaving that silver and suspending in there. Um, and then, yeah, you can drink it. It's good for burns, um, harmful bacteria, viruses, things like that. I like to call um silver and or colloidal silver uh um how do we term it nancy it was a uh uh geez oh wow now i'm blanking out but a um just a, a bioenergy field sort of thing and that's still not the term i'm thinking of because i'm kind of just blanking out at the moment but uh, um it's a biocompatible frequency is i guess the the way i usually term it with silver hence and yes nobody can see what i'm doing right now but i have silver on me as well in the form of a bracelet or a ring um because it's also Particles, just so you know, and I think we've mentioned this before, 26 seconds, this is just a scientific study, after you touch something, whatever you touch, depending on what it is, um, can be found or identified in your bloodstream. And I'm talking about shampoos, conditioners, lotions, so yep, watch those things, you know, try and go organic, but even the silver particles. Um, so having silver in your auric field or biofield um, is just a good idea on the, we'll just say from the metaphysical perspective. Um, it's a, a very living energy that, that you're able to use. Uh, sorry about that. That's I got to go back to the cordial silver um, and do another cycle of that. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna walk over to the cordial silver machine. I'll see if I can hear you guys. But Nancy, did you have any questions or anything for Walt or Mark? Uh, well, well, I want to go into the chat room because um, the question was about uh, from Yasmin, and she's interested in anti gravity. And would Walt talk about it? But and I'm I'm saying this so that uh, people people, uh, you know, there's really good chat information that comes out on these live programs that you miss on the podcast. But uh, Joseph Cater, he actually talks about making anti gravitational devices and what it is. So it is a hard book to look at. Um, 
Joseph Cater, C A T E R. <clears throat> What's the name of it? The book now? God, it's probably right now. Uh, awesome Life Force. Awesome Life Force, and um, and it's funny that in Facebook, uh, I've been having this conversation with Mary Lou Frisch. She she has one of my Rose Heart resonators, and she was fascinated by this concept of anti gravity. And uh, Joseph Cater is the one who explains in his book why is it that what is it that makes uh, clouds float, and it's it's the the charges, the negative charges. So we've been going back and forth talking about this. So a whole year has gone by, and I don't know they they don't list the source, but somebody posted in Facebook <clears throat> a photo. Uh, illustrating a, a behavior of certain spiders that have an, um, a, a behavior, something that they do that they, they they refer to as ballooning, like a balloon, and that spiders are able to release a certain amount of webbing from their spinneret, and they float off with that. I mean, spiders have been found miles high as they travel, you know, over the planet. And the thing is that specifically the article list says the, the following words: the web, the the filament of webbing picks up negative charges, which are repelled by the earth, and that allows the, the spiders to float. <laughs> and then, and I wrote on the on my post: didn't Cater say this in his book? That the Earth repels negative charges, <laughs> and she goes, "Oh, impressive!" <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, spiders know how to exploit anti-gravity, but it, it's just electromagnetic energy. <laughs> it's it's it. You know, I mean, it, it's just understanding that the the key element to everything is energy. And Cater does it better than, well, Walt does it better than Cater, but Cater is feeding Walt the information to do more. They're probably twin flames. Obviously. <laughs> twin flames. And the fact that he wrote this back in the 80s, and it's still it there. It took him 20 years to publish it because they kept hounding him. Oh, is that right? The I Cabal didn't know that. Didn't. Yeah, it took him 20 years to be able to publish that book because the cabal wouldn't let him. Now that we know what we know about the cabal, well, that's how they they don't they don't want people to learn useful stuff or stuff that could be uh, exploited by someone unless they they exploit it. Yes, <laughs> unless they exploit it. Oh my gosh. Okay, so. Um... I guess I better. I, I had to get out of chat because chat was making me crazy. They're talking about something else. They go off topic sometimes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I don't want to get into that. <laughs> um, okay, so Derek, are you back? Did you fix your colloidal silver? You don't have to. If you don't, if you're not back, I'm going to assume you're not back. <laughs> you no, still, I'm back. Oh yeah. Okay. It's yeah, just a couple of feet from me, I went over and literally I just unplugged it. So for those that saw that device I shared in the chat, all I did was unplug it from the wall. You take the device, the silver rods out, wipe them down. And then if you don't have one alternating one, you would change the rods from side to side. And while we're talking about, Walt and I were talking about that a little bit earlier, um, you don't have to do it that way if you have a, a current that will alternate between the electrodes. But long story short, yeah, I'm on the last cycle of it. So I'll have about 
20 ppm parts per million colloidal silver here in exactly 20 minutes. So during during the show. And you know it's concentrated because it tastes like uh, rose petals. Yep, yep, good point. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that was the odds thing, too. Remember that when you tasted what was left after you've taken the uh, suspended shung- silver into the shungite, that it sent, mm-hmm. what was it, Fruity Tootie, right? Was that what it was? Yeah, Tootie Fruity. Tootie Fruity. The, the, water, the water changed the flavor. From rose petals to tutti frutti, <laughs> and, and that's that's it. It sounds trivial and funny in a way, but it's actually it, it is a scientific observation because remember our taste buds are interpreting chemical energy in into into the what we refer to as taste, and so what we're registering are the are these changes. So it. Uh, just because it went from this to this doesn't make it funny. It, it, it just goes to show the change of energy. Because in the thing with the, the Shungite, I've, I've uh, done other tests not involving silver, and yet the Shungite yields that taste. It tastes like tutti frutti. In fact, that's how I, that's how, how it, that's my personal way of telling the difference between Shungite and, and coal. Because you can get coal. Remember, I told you you can get coal and you can get uh, rods of coal from D batter, uh, batteries, D cells. You can get rods of coal, or you can get uh, 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 loose coal nuggets, like for uh, filtering purposes. And it doesn't taste like Shanghai. Shanghai tastes like tutti frutti. So you can use your sense of taste to identify the different versions of uh, carbon, I guess. Well, what, 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 why I laugh is because tutti frutti was that taste of something. Was it gum that we used to? And you don't. I, I am at why well, I don't. The go bazooka up. Joe, bazooka. Bazook- remember the bazooka yes, Joe? Yes, yes. That was tutti frutti. Uh, that, yeah, that's <laughs> why I remember that. That's amazing. He, he remember. I'm telling you, he's got a mind oh. that is is just a trap for. He's a machine. I'm, I'm not t- believing it. He's a machine. <laughs> He's got, I mean, the funniest thing I ever heard him say was when we were talking about the Shungite and the bees, because I knew that Shungite, I knew, I knew that it was electromagnetic that was causing the colony collapse, and I said if we could somehow integrate Shungite into the bees' environment, you know, boom, we wouldn't have the problem. But I'm trying to figure out how to do it, and I said, I mean, we could put powder out, and they'd maybe walk through it, but it would get in their lungs like black. And he goes, bees don't have lungs. And he proceeds to tell me the anatomy of a bee. I'm going like, why do you know this? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was just like, yeah. And then Derek, you know, just did it on his own. He didn't tell anybody. It just, um, <laughs> well, he told the universe. The universe told us. Are, then, are you still keeping bees or you got rid of all of them? Um, we're not on our property because I'm actually moving here in a couple of weeks to a new city, just uh-huh. here locally too. But I have, I'm, we'll call it consulting on local, Shung, and they're Shanghai beehives here in some organic farms locally. So I don't have my own at this time, but I do go out and look at other ones. Oh. It's just a, a, a you know, just a, I don't have the space just yet, but this next spring we're looking at making what's called an observation hive here at Mystical Wares, so we will have a beehive that you can see through and see the actual inner workings of it. Oh, wow. 
what a what a journey you've had with all the moves with uh, with the bees. Oh yeah, I've moved bees in the middle of winters. Nancy will probably remember, and in snowstorms, and oh, it's yeah, it's been very interesting, but a lot of fun too. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and, Nancy, and, I don't know if you had other. Go ahead. Well, I'm just wondering. So, do you still get contacted by Shungite people? I mean, Shungite beekeepers. Is it still spreading through the world? Oh, yeah, it is. It's definitely slowed down a, a little bit because those that are aware or, or watch, listen to channels like ours or have kind of found us. Um, but we do, and we still have a Shungite Beehives page on mysticalwares.com's website for those that are interested with videos and um, a lot of bee and frequency research on. They're kind of tying it all together. But, no, we definitely Shungite bees are a thing still worldwide, um, depending on who you're talking to, you know, sometimes we're going full bore at the Shungite, no chemicals. Sometimes it's a combo thing. Um, but no, it's it's still getting attention. Okay, and I want to plug the Shungite Reality book that um, I wrote, but under collaboration with these two men, um, that you can get through Amazon, but even better, you can go to Mystical Wares and get the book, and you'll get a S4 sticker free with it. So, um, I just for anybody that doesn't know, there is a Shungite reality book <laughs> written by me, N.L. Hopkins, in collaboration with Walt Silva and Derek Condit. And that particular book has already been translated into Russian, and um, it's at the Shungite, uh, it's like a store museum. Well, it, it, the, the people that are mining the Shungite, the ones that actually are the mine owners and general manager, they have, they have, uh, they sell it. I don't know what they're doing with it. I just freely gave it to many copies to them. But uh, the Russian people themselves, when, when I first started, now you, you got this great big area of amazing stuff that may be the secret to energy, Shungite batteries, <laughs> for all we know. Um, and the Russian people, I was talking to a Russian and they looked at me and they said, are you crazy? That's just dirt. <laughs> They have, you know, in many cases, they had no idea of what it was, um, but now they do. Now they're they're being uh, educated by people like on the other side of the world, you know, uh, saying, "Oh my God, the Russians have this wonderful thing here." And so it's uh, it's not it's Shanghai is so magical, and I'm I'm going off on Shanghai here because this is a Shanghai show, but Shanghai is so magical in so many ways. Just, not just from what it does at the physical 3D level, from water purification to balancing your energy body so that your body wants to be stable and, and working correctly, to you know just the spiritual aspects of how it is brought, what, hundreds of thousands of people together over a rock. Now this happens in other th other situations with minerals. The mineral will get real hot. Oh, look at this, and everybody starts buying it. But I've been in the business for pretty near thirty years, and I got to tell you that every time I've seen one of those things, it runs out. And I've looked at it for so long. It's like, yeah, it was magical when we first touched it, but why is it losing its potency? Because there's so many people, it's, 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 it's the quantum entanglement thing. So many people are kind of pulling its energy or changing it somehow because of their interaction to it. 
But in fact, when you look at Shungite, it has only gotten more and more and more popular. Why? Because we're not influencing the Shungite so much as the Shungite is influencing us. And we are beginning to become what, uh, uh, what's his name, the galactic historian? Al, uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Barksus. Barksus said we, were bec- we would become Shungite beings. And, you know, I totally understood what he was talking about because every single person who has ever even looked at Shungite or touched Shungite or looked at a picture of Shungite has made a quantum connection to the Shungite field in Russia. And so we are linked in a very amazing energetic slash spiritual way that is beyond anything I have ever, ever seen. You know, so it's like Walt says, he makes these devices, but what powers it is the Shungite itself. And the devices are just a way of, it's like, you know, you can't go out and get a, you know, hold, hold electricity. You can't, or magnetism. You hold the magnet. You hold the, the, the electric devices that are using the electricity. And in the case of Shungite, the Shungite, you can hold it, and it's alive and working all by itself. And then you have to figure out, okay, I got this, so now what do I do? Now you have to figure the circuitry to be able to use it. And it's so easy. All you have to do is use your own body, your own thoughts, your own mind. But when you take it beyond that, and you say like he does, what happens if I put a magnet and a layer of shungite powder and a magnet and a shungite powder and a magnet what happens then you've got devices that are using shungite's energy in the same way that we use electric energy the difference is that these are these are thinking devices that will actually do what you ask them to do That's absolutely true. You can't, sentience, sentience of Shungite. Yeah, it, you can't do that with other devices. Yep. Yep. And it teaches <laughs> us so much about our own abilities. It's it's absolutely a... For, for nothing else, it's just a fast, <laughs> mind-bending kind of... It's a rock! It's dirt, the Russians say. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So... Um, Derek, anything? Mark, Mark. Ooh, I forgot Mark was even here. He's the one that started this. Let's have Walt on. Mark, talk to me. Oh, yeah. Um, Come in out of the rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this will break, but yeah, right before we started the show, um, I guess you could say backstage, we're going off on the uh, graphic of the show, which is um, health comes from light, not food. And of course, light is life force. But um, Radio 5G, we were going off on um, uh, Walt's creation of uh, the red light, uh, Shungited red light. Um, I think you guys even talked about it uh, in Cosmic Reality some time back. Um, it was just kind of cool to hear about what that was about at the time. Well, the, but the uh, uh, first of all, I don't use it anymore. And there was no Shungite involved. It was just... Uh, on infrared lamps, and what I did is I used Joseph Cater's uh, 
description of how um, to amplify light by the by reflecting by reflecting it multiple times. So I, I used crushed glass and resin to make these lenses, and there were two layers. So what happens is the infrared light is bouncing between the two layers. Therefore, it's amplifying its uh, energy content. But I don't use the infrared lamps anymore because I've been doused. Well, after I Nancy sent me that video, I got curious, and I started dousing the resonators. And all the resonators in in common, they have that. I ask the question: Do they produce a quality? Because I know that all the resonators produce etheric light. That's a, that's a given. But I was asking: Do they re produce a quality of light analogous to sunlight? And I got yes. And I and I it answered my question because I was wondering why it's right now we're in the fall. Why do I still have my my suntan? And well, the answer is because I'm in an environment full of etheric sunlight. So in in the Cruz's video, I guess he's not aware of the existence of shungite because he talks about non uh, how harmful is non-natural EMF. Well, of course, because he's talking about man-made EMF, but with with the presence of shungite, all EMF becomes natural because uh, shungite is changing the spin on the EMF. So you might my your lamp, whatever you whatever devices are running in your house, you might as well be they might as well be running on sunlight because that's what the, the quality of their energy is being changed to by shungite. So you you don't need an infrared infrared lamp. Um, you don't need it because he he says you need those two frequencies, infrared and UV. And in the video, he refuses to give any directions of any kind because he he's very cerebral in that sense. He he relies a lot on thinking about elements and how they interact and how much UV you need and how much infrared you need. And there's a lot of and you have to consider, you know, like what size are your socks and where do you live and how high do you stand up and all these factors to make the the one decision is that I'm not criticizing it. You know, it's, he's a scientist, so it makes perfect sense that he would go that way. Uh, but I guess in our reality, we have Shungite and he's not aware of how it works. <laughs> the Shungite changes the because by by his definition, based on what he describes is what's needed for life, all of us living above the 30th parallel should, you know, sell our homes and move south because there's no other solution. There's no other way. And I'm thinking like, what? No, there is another solution. There is another way. It's like when I was working with a, with a, um, oh, it's, it's break time, I guess. Or you want to continue? No, let's take a break and we'll get into that, okay. uh, light thing because, uh, well, that's okay. why why we asked you here was because you you know these things, to you know. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're gonna play our our normal song, Shungite, by Craig Stewart. We'll be right back. Three minutes. Thank you. 
And welcome back to Shungite Reality. It is October 26, 2021. I'm Nancy Hopkins. With me is Derek Condit, Mark Joseph, and Walt Silva. Now, I want to be able to tell you... Well, I have to tell you something. Um, I uh, The Cosmic Reality radio uh, station on YouTube has been taken down forever. I have been banned from, not Facebook, YouTube, uh, YouTube, <laughs> under uh, 9-11 Crusade, my email. Um, so, I, I, they, they, what they had done, okay, last January, they started dunning me and threatening me, and then they took down uh, two, you got your mic open, Walt. They they had um, two different videos that they took down that were like two years old, and they did that for a third one, and then I was taken off of YouTube. I couldn't do anything for three months, which is really a smack because it's normally three weeks for your first offense, but three months, and I realized there was no way that station was going to, you know, survive if I kept trying to post. So, since January, I've not posted a thing on there. And one after another, they they started taking down, taking down the various shows that were now not against the community. So, I knew this was going to happen. What I didn't anticipate is that they would absolutely ban me, ban the station. I mean, like, you know, we must have pissed them off royally. 
And so now we have been taken off of Google Search and Google Podcasts. And I can tell that because we would get the vast majority of, you know, referrals and people getting to the podcast was through Google, and now it doesn't even show up. So what I'm saying to you people out there that you, it, who might have been working with the Google side of it, you're not going to find us anymore. My recommendation is that you go to the podcast link on this website, and you'll get the podcast, or go to our archives. Um, the censoring has gotten stupid, but the Shungite show, and I'll put the I'm going to put a, a link up so that you can go directly to that because you can't go to Cosmic Reality. I mean, you can go to co the Cosmic Reality podcast and you'll see them. But there's also a Shungite podcast station, and I wondered why that was starting to grow, and I think it was because that's a lot of the people come looking for the Shungite. Uh, reality show and you know they weren't finding it through Google and they found it other ways and were directed towards that podcast so I just wanted to put that information out there that yes we are continually under attack not so much for the Shungite show but for um, the rest of the cosmic reality lineup because we tell the truth and they don't want to hear it so um, alright so we're going to um, Tomorrow on Radio 5G, which oddly enough is still up on YouTube because it's under another uh, account, another Google account. Um, but anyway, I don't post on that either because I don't make, want to make any waves, you know. Oh, here we are, here we are. So, um, But w Radio 5G goes off on Wednesdays between 12 and 2. And every other week, Mark is my co-host on it. So he introduced me to Dr. Jack Cruz, which is, people have been talking about this guy for a very long time, but I listened to the to the, bro the broadcast, and I was just absolutely, it wasn't like I was stunned, I knew that sun energy was life energy, but the way he put it together was, you know, like, oh, wow, 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 wow. And so Mark said to me, you know, Walt had done something with light, and, you know, maybe we should talk to him. So, um, Mark, why don't you, or, yeah, how do you want to go about this? Because this was your idea to bring Walt in and have us talk about it. And we now, you know, with Derek here, we should have a lively conversation. But how do you want to set the, the conversation up? We just sort of got into it because of your original question. Do you want to just pursue that? Yeah, um, it was just continuing what he was going off on, where um, the etheric astral uh, light from the resonators or the energy devices he makes uh, is strong enough to give him a tan and, of course, recharges his, his physical and um, energetic body. So maybe just going on from there, um, especially now with the fall and winter, it's like people say, you know, in the physical that, oh, we don't have enough um physical sun to maintain ourselves that's why they call it the flu season so maybe just going off on that and what he was just finishing up from before the break <clears throat> how come nancy's not bringing up the cube that was our first thing. okay i because <laughs> i didn't I could, because i didn't want to <laughs> dominate the conversation but now that you bring it up, I'm going to explain Dominate it. me. Dominate me. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, God. Walter. <laughs> it's cracked me up. Okay. So uh, 
we were doing a live cosmic reality show, and Walter says to me, I've got a device that I've got to send to you right away. And I said, why? And he, and he said, because it burned me. And I, I, I'm like, I start freaking out, and I go, well, we'll talk about this after the show because we're live. I don't want somebody thinking that Shungi can damage you. And uh, so we stayed on the Skype, and, I, and we put the video on. And when he came up on the video, I, like, couldn't believe his face. I have never seen anybody that looked like they had had not just a second-degree sunburn, but a third- or fourth-degree sunburn. He was so red. It was just, like, scary. And so he's, he's, he picks up this big, huge, what is it, uh, six inches square on each side. It's got a shungite resonant. No, it's, it's, it's kind of, I think it's, it's uh, I think it's eight inches. Yeah, on it side. is eight inches. You're right, you're right. It's eight inches. And each side is eight inches. It was how many pounds of resin? Uh, I think it's over 10 pounds. Yeah, I remember right. Okay. And he's got six different Shungite spirals on each of the faces. And he holds... No, it, he, and, no. no each face has a... It has, each face has a spiral. Yeah. So it's our six faces, six spirals. Right, right. And so he hold, he's holding this thing up. And my first reaction was to ask Gaia, what do I tell him? And she said, tell him to turn it off. So I said, turn it off. And he says, what? I said, turn it off. He says, how do I do that? I said, I don't know. Tell it to turn off. Because, you know. And so he, he, he gets meditative. I get meditative. We're trying to turn this thing off. And I, I felt it. I felt it. It was like a click. I said, okay, it's off. And he, he looks up at me and he goes, no. And I said, ah, it's got residual. Put it on the floor. Now, remember, when I say this to him, he's got the worst worst sunburn I've ever seen in any picture, anything. And so he, he leans over. I can't see him. He put the thing on the floor. And he's down there for, I don't even think you were down there for maybe 45 seconds, maybe 60. And so then you sit up and the sunburn's gone. Gone. Okay, and so we realized that these things, you know, are putting out something that, that caused him to look like that. But until we got into this discussion, I didn't realize that we were talking about an etheric sunburn. So, yeah, once the, once the, the process is, is stopped, because time doesn't exist, boom, you know, the 3D version of it is gone, too. And, and the thing is that... Um when considering sunlight, it is obviously it's natural, it's not created by man, it's created by nature. But <clears throat> it's not like we need 100% of it. First off, we never get to see 100% of what the sun puts out because the uh, cater documents it very well how much and the quality of the filtering done by the atmosphere. So, f for example, and and Dolly was able to confirm this for us because she, I don't know, maybe she did a psychic journey, but she was able to verify something that I knew from other sources. And I don't remember if Cater mentions it, but like everybody believes the sun is so is hot, like over 6,000 degrees in, uh, uh, Celsius, 
some crazy amount of heat. But that's not true. That's what the scientists believe based on their observation. But the sun is actually cold. We don't, we don't, we perceive the sun as hot, as given heat, because of the interaction, the energy interaction with the atmosphere. And Gator goes into detail what it does when it interacts with the with the atmosphere. That's why, for example, people that go uh, mountain climbing, there are these tremendous altitudes, and their their effect uh, is is completely different. So uh, when being exposed to the sun, it's not like you need 100% of everything the sun gives off. In fact, for for anybody who has done any kind of uh, esoteric studies, uh, like meditative states and stuff, uh, they and they do and they do uh, sun, they do practices where they do, you are taken your. Um, by combining your breathing technique, you are taught how to bring in the energy of the sun. Well, they always tell you, you always use the sunlight that's one hour after sunrise and one hour before sunset. That first hour and that last hour, that's the sun you should use because that is beneficial sun. That's that. I mean, I've known that for decades that those are the two frequencies of light that you want from the sun because those are the most beneficial and the most constructive. Uh, sunlight that you get from the noontime, that you, you don't want that you don't want that on you all the time. You want to, to be kind of sparse with that because it's really not that constructive. So it's not exactly that um, uh, it's like we need that like like he describes it oh you need that on you all day long well uh he can afford it because he lives south of the 30th par parallel but not not all of us can afford to live there and i don't know about the eskimos uh so there are you know i believe there should be other ways of being able to get that energy on you so uh uh, when I ask, when I I went around dowsing the question because I make the different uh, resonators. Some are the Ho'oponopono resonators, others AC power resonators. So I was curious uh, because I know that they're putting out a toroidal field and it's producing etheric light. What about it? Is is that quality of light that we can use? Is it positive? Is it constructive? We know that it, Shanghai put doesn't put out anything. Uh, negative or degrading, so it should be useful. So I ask if it, <clears throat> I doubt the question, if it put out, it put, puts out a quality of etheric light analogous to what the sun puts out and that we need. And I got yes. And now I understand why, despite the, the time of the year, I still have my tan. I guess it must be because all the resonators that I have in the house over the, over the time I made so many, and I guess uh, it makes perfect sense uh, that I have that I'm in the presence of that energy field. So it's like being exposed to the sunlight. Uh, like I said, no, not all of us can afford to live where he is south of the 30th parallel. Uh, the other thing that he mentions in his uh, uh, in his video that the two things that 
he makes a point of repeating himself or you know during throughout that one hour video is that not only do you need the natural light from the sun but you need natural emf you know meaning natural electromagnetic which is what the sun is giving you and so then i asked he obviously in his reality he's not aware of shangite and what it does because shangite changes the spin of man-made emf we know that man-made emf is counter clockwise the the spin of it and i asked the question because we know that shangite changes the spin of uh, man-made emf so i asked the question you know is is this also something that's it you know all, all the emf in the house because if everything is being changed by shangite is it now the quality of it is it like natural emf and i get yes so it's like i have sunlight all the time not only during the the daytime but at nighttime as well because i'm, I'm changing the quality of that emf so it it was informative because <laughs> I, at least to me it told me that i'm i'm on the right track <laughs> by making the correction to uh, to the EMF and by the quality of the light that I'm getting. Mark, do you want to um, kind of cover what Cruz said? Yeah, <clears throat> it made me think like, Walt doesn't need to make a, uh, what do you call it, um, a sunrise resonator, right? <laughs> I mean, because he always emphasizes, you want to get the first two hours after right after sunrise as the best light quality um and i don't know is that even because if you just get one of your resonators that that kind of fulfills the job right not necessarily the, the best precisely and not only that but from our experience and the experience of others you ask you ask the shangite please please produce uh the same quality of light as the sun and that's and that's it you're done the, the shangite is doing it because it, it doesn't need to be told, like, for example, um, if you need a, a certain, okay, let's say uh, you're somebody that's fighting Lyme, so let's say you, you have a, a Rife machine, so you need to expose yourself to the frequ specific frequencies that combat Lyme. Okay, so you need to know what, is the what are the frequencies that affect Lyme in order to expose yourself to that. Well, in the case of Shangite, uh, Shanghai doesn't need to be told, oh, I need you to produce this or that frequency. No, just tell Shanghai what you need. It will produce, it, it's, um, you can ask, you know, uh, Dali or Nancy when they use their turpentine spiral or the Shanghai uh, spirit spiral, they just ask for what they need. It's the Shanghai that knows what has to be done. He he just needs to be told what is it that you're asking for? What what help? Like uh, when Dali needed help with her headache, and <laughs> she she had the, the spiral on one side of the house and she was on the other side of the house because it was too too strong. And Nancy told her just dial it down, tell it to reduce its output to something that's comfortable for you, and she did. <laughs> that's. I mean, no man-made machine is capable of, of of these incredible things done by the Shanghaiite. So ask Dali. <laughs> yeah. 
what happened with her experience when uh, she, uh, when she needed help from the turpentine spiral. Personally, I love the spirals. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was I was telling, well, I was telling Mark, I think for tomorrow's show, that I spent 25 years watching the sun come up over the Atlantic Ocean. So there was over 5,000 times I was saturated for 25 years with this light, having absolutely no clue what was happening. But I only had to sleep like four hours a day. Yeah. And, you know... Um, the 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 concept of that Cruz I think is tapping into and he he goes into it as a scientist not as a metaphysician you know he gives you all this chemistry of you know the mitochondria need the to make the water I mean, did you get into that thing about the water and the mitochondria and all that yeah he's he uh, went about the uh, I don't I don't know if you remember how much you remember of your high school chemistry that you know that water is hydrogen and oxygen. But they also teach you that there are three types of hydrogen. This, uh, the, uh, I think it's Proteus, I forget the, the first name, it's Proteus, uh, the one that's hydrogen that's made up of one proton, one electron. It's the smallest known uh, atom. And then there's another uh, flavor of hydrogen that has one proton, one neutron, one electron. That's called deuterium. And then you, there's another one that's one proton, two neutrons, one electron. That's called tritium. So what what happens is, the heavier the the heavier the um, of the heavier the hydrogen is, the more difficult it is for the body to process that water and to metabolize with that water. Because, you know, water is involved in all the metabolic processes. We are mostly made of water anyway. So he was saying that how important it is to be. Uh, he quoted the name of a commercial product. I guess it is a company that sells bottles of water that's primarily proteus water, meaning uh, it, it has a, a one proton uh, hydrogen in the makeup. So this woman claims how by drinking just that, so many disturbances that she had were healed and were addressed. And he says, yes, of course, because now she's metabolizing her food normally because she says, you know, the other water has deuterium, which, you know, has the neutron and it's, it's, it's heavier. It takes longer for the liver to, to, get, to be processed because, you know, like you said, he's a scientist and he describes where this this uh, heavy it's like heavy water it's affecting all the processes but uh i'm sorry i'm not going to spend you know x amount of money for fancy water when with uh with the shungite enabled devices i'll, I'll tell okay make sure that this is all protein water and that's it it'll go ahead and do it <laughs> <laughs> you're still uh, you have to think of we are in, a, in another we're in another level of reality where we are dealing with sentient things sentient uh, technology 
he's still living in a in a where he's still dealing dealing with unconscious technology. You know, you know the the technology that's producing your artificial lighting, the technology that's producing your artificial EMF, and those are all things that are addressed with technology or by making changes in the way that you live your life and the way you expose yourself to energies. We don't, we're not in another level. We're in a level where we're actually playing with energy. We're making it our business to change the energy in our reality. You know, I'm laughing here because during the one hour show and, and the links will be up there with the, you know, podcast links, uh, but in the archives, but the, the the odd thing about this discussion is that he, he he not frequently but he said it about three or four times that uh, yeah people think I'm crazy <laughs> well if they listen to you Walter they'd really think you are crazy you know I mean I would I, say I've it. never made a I've never hidden it from anybody it from anybody <laughs> we're all crazy anybody that's into the Shungite is crazy and yet the the the, the thing of it is is that when we started out with the Shungite, we were observing things. But what really came back to us was what once, and it was really phenomenal, because so many people just got the Shungite and then reported back to us. That's like 66 pages in the Shungite reality book are just testimonials from other people who had amazing magical experience with it. So somebody would say that they had this happen, and Walt and I would get together and say, why did that happen? You know, and then we he feed he he would figure out a way to be able to test this to repeat. You know the observation that person made. So Shungite has taught us a tremendous amount, and in the concept of the the light, I'm so glad that we did do this because um, he when he's talking about his science, Walt. It can get damn confusing. <laughs> but when we talk about our science, it gets really simple. Have you found that, well, Mark? Yeah. Let's ask Mark. Mark, do you do you, do oh, you sure. see that? Yeah, because it, it's completely based on application, and then, like you said, the customer testimony. So, yeah, people can get to it right away. So somebody right. needs to get to Cruz and get him some Shungite. Or get him the book. <laughs> Oh my God! I'm sorry. Go ahead, Walt. No, it, it made me th thinking about uh, the way he, uh, his recommendations. I'm thinking, well, what do we do if 90% of the planet's population lives below the 30th parallel? The rest of the planet is just basically vacant. You know what happens to the Inuit, people that for thousands of years have lived in such very high latitudes. You can't tell me that their their life or their health is no good. I do agree with him. The <clears throat> the damage done by the excess of technology, like for example, he illustrated what has happened in India, where they have uh, all these call centers set up where the people are literally swimming in a technology soup. And she, he said, for five thousand years, these people have had a uh, a vegetarian lifestyle, and now they have the greatest incidence of um, diab diabetes in the, in the entire planet. He says the, the level of diabetes is, is terrible, and he says, and he blames that 
on the access technology that, that they're exposed to. And I have to agree that, you know, that we are dealing, you're dealing with count, with counterclockwise fields of EMF and that's degrading. It's degrading for life. So what, if those people were, were exposed to sunlight, I mean, to shungite and, and all that corrected, I bet you in a year, a lot of that would be reversed. A lot of, you know, incidence of di diabetes would go down because you're, you're correcting the, that energy. I mean, th this, you've been saying this since day one. Shangite change the game, change, changes the, the, the playing field, the level, the, the playing field. And that's what we needed from the get-go. We needed to get our energy back. I mean, that's that's they were going to win. You know, chances are they were. It would have taken a lot longer. I don't know, uh, but that's why they were the other side was winning because they had all this negative energy helping them. Everything that we, the electricity was negative, counterproductive. The chemical energy and uh, natural gas, negative, counterproductive. The uh, chemical energy in the cars, negative, counterproductive. In the water that we're drinking, negative, counterproductive. So yes, you know what the heck can we do for all this? But you put in the element necessary to correct all this, change all this, the spin and, and all this energy that we're using. But we need to use it. We need to. We don't live in a cave. We so we need some level of technology in order to get through a day. But all we have to do is be able to correct that. Let make, let's make that spin natural spin, not a, not an, an artificial spin, and that's how you take off. Now the the the, the, <clears throat> the whole thing about electricity st started when Faraday made his first not router. Is it a router? No. What um, when he took and he wrapped the wire around the what what do you call that? You I'm sorry. This? What? Okay, Faraday, the Faraday machine that, that was able to produce electricity. What do you call it? Uh, you, which who you're talking talk Fa to? Faraday, which? the guy, the Dr. Faraday, the guy that made the first. What is the first thing that you do? You put the wire around the coil and the magnet. What is that called? Oh, you mean an, ele an electromagnet? Yeah, when you're making it, the basics of making energy is that you get an electromagnetic current flowing, right? And so you wrap this wire, this copper wire, around a magnet. And it was the... Well, no. What? No. Tell me. You right. need, you, either or, or you have a coil that's moving in reference to a magnet, or you have a magnet moving in reference to a coil. Right. Either way, you get what you are looking for, which is the movement of electrical current in... The conductor, meaning right. conductor. The coil. Thank you, the conductor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it was the fact that when he made the device, that he wrapped the copper in a certain spiral, a certain direction, and mm -hmm. that is what causes the electromagnetic field to take on the rotation that is contrary to the rotation or opposite the rotation of our own cells. And and it and that's and I. I firmly believe it's not a not a coincidence. That was my question. 
That's my it's a question. Sign up because it look look for the look of the electricity books. Go all you have to do, go to an electricity book, and all the books, without exception, no matter what publication house, they tell you that electricity moves following the rule of the the right hand. So that when you extend your hand, and you put up your your palm um, vertically, so if your if your thumb is sticking out and your index finger is, is pointing away from you and the other fingers you are are curled in, those three the, that setup is teaching you how electricity is moving. That setup it is entirely false. It is not the right hand rule. It is the left hand rule. If you do the same gesture but with your left hand. That shows you how you truly, how electricity truly moves, because I've been able to confirm that over and over and over again with my dowsing, and, and I confirm it with instrumentation, because when I set up an electrical current that goes in the same direction as the, uh, the organ energy in the wire, I get a resistance. And if I put the electrical current in the opposite direction of the organ flow, natural organ flow in the conductor, I get higher resistance. How can that be? It's the same instrument, it's the same amount of wire. All that I have done is change the direction of flow, and I get higher resistance when I'm when it's when they're flowing opposite to each other. I'm not fantasizing. This isn't metaphysics, and it's not. I, I'm not even dowsing it. It's it's physical proof, and that. So if you're following the right hand rule, there you're doing it wrong, and then you're doing it wrong on purpose because that's why they changed the documentation, because that that actually achieved what they wanted, a field of negative EMF, unnatural, uh, you know, counterclockwise rotating field of EMF. Everything that we have that we that's part of what we call our civilization has been infiltrated and compromised by these people. It's not a coincidence. And then we got Shanghai. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like you said, it gives you back your energy. I didn't say it. You said it. It's um. I mean, as a story. It's an amazing story. Just, you know, the fact that Shungai is even there. But when you look at... See, I my my take on things was that Faraday just did it wrong and everybody copied him. But now you're saying to me, no, in actuality, it they, they doctored the textbook so that they tell everybody, you've got to do it the bad way. Don't do it the good way because it's not... Exactly. That's not the perfect well, way. Well... First of all, have you had the privilege of seeing the original test of anybody? The original texts have disappeared. Look, look at the oh, look at all the writings by Tesla. Most of it disappeared, and whatever re remains is it's it's hardly much of anything because they hid everything they documented. So, and like for example, take a take a look at Stubblefield. Do you know that a, a man here in the U.S. And I think, if I remember correctly, something about his past, I think he, he started life out as a farmer. And he made a very simple discovery by 
he would wind these coils. It was just made up of two windings, an internal and an external winding. And he would dig a hole in the ground and just put the coil in the ground and cover it with dirt. You know that all he did, he, all that's all he did. And he got energy, free energy forever from that coil. And on top of it, he could use it as a phone by playing around with the setup. He could actually have one coil communicating with another coil. <laughs> and all they're doing is using the earth because the, the earth is one giant electrical machine. Stubblefield. Have you heard of him? Of course not, because m most of his work uh, got buried and hidden. Well, the the biggest example of the power of what we're talking about comes from the Tesla uh, Warcliffe uh, Tower in New York City. And what happened in Russia, was it the Tuscan, no, what was it? Tunguska. Tunguska? Yeah, the Tunguska. In Tunguska. 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 In Which, Siberia. Right. And there was a flash in the sky and all of the trees fell down like in a circle. They, they you know, like you had some epicenter of power that just knocked them all over. Um, and they, they, they finally sort of agreed that it was a meteorite that came in and heated up so fast that it exploded in the upper atmosphere and caused a huge, you know, blast of energy that did this. But Walt is Walt is talking to me one day and he's 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 explaining something and I said, So you think it was it was the Tesla's um work that actually caused it. That there was a discharge that went right through the earth to the other side and boom, blew it out and ended up looking like a flash in the sky. Correct? Yep. That was documented by the by the entity Ra in the in the book The Law of One. And and Ra explains that he didn't do it on purpose, but he was aware of what had happened and he was terribly, terribly uh contrite about it because he had no idea that it could cause so much destruction. That's that's why he went quiet for a while. He didn't want to repeat that mistake. And by, and by, and by he, you're referencing Tesla. Exactly. Yeah. Derek, are you back? I am, and I'm just listening like everyone else because I was not aware of a whole lot of this. I'm sitting here Googling. Uh, so, Walt, is it... Nathan Stubblefield, whom you're speaking of, I'm guessing? Yep, yep. I'm sitting here just bookmarking all kinds of things for later reading because, uh, yeah, I mean, just like always, it comes out of Walt's mouth that's worth listening to or looking at. <laughs> yeah, but the funny thing is I'm not even kidding. So, yeah, so I'm well, going to definitely be checking this You're out. in the country and you, you raise bees. How would you like that, be able to get free electricity, just make some coils, put them in the ground, and that's it? Goodbye, yeah. electrical heater. Yep, and you're yep. not stealing from anybody. So, okay, show me where I'm stealing the. I'm stealing. I'm stealing it from the earth. Okay, tell the earth to sue me then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's abundance. <laughs> now. Yeah, what a great idea! I want to give you guys another example of what what can be done. You know, 
I got this. I'm not going to get into the full story, but I got this guidance to put a um, four foot, four a four inch four foot copper tubing into the ground, and on top of that to put a copper uh, geometric shape that they had already had me made my guides because this happens to Walt too. So you get these pictures in your head and you can't you, you got to get them out you got to make them and so i'd already made the geometric form but now they get me to put this big pipe in the ground and to put this geometric thing on top of it and so i do i i i you know they tell me what to do i will do it and let's see what happens so i i had come home i was working till eight o'clock in the morning and i come home and that's what they had me do the first thing in the morning because I'd been more, they'd been telling me this all night. So I go in the house and I call one of my partners, different type of partner. I mean, I was in a diff- different business, not Shungite. And I was telling him about it, you know, that, that this is what they, blah, 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 blah. And about, I don't know, 45 minutes later, maybe an hour later, he called me and he said, turn your television on. I said, what channel? He said, I don't think it matters. So I turned the television on, and they got this warning, warning, weather warning. And I've never seen, you know, a television with that kind of like, holy crap, what's happening, you know? And they were saying that South Florida was getting 5,000 hits of electricity, lightning, a minute. And they had no idea what was happening. And so I, but I did, and I went, oh my God, and I ran out and I dis disconnected everything you know and then nothing was you didn't you, it came on it went away and maybe it was an etheric thing that they put it out so he would see it to tell me i don't know but i know that that was happening because there were you know like reports of amazing electricity this is the like like lightning capital of the world south florida is and but and so them to get excited about what was happening was you know really impressive but when I came back in, and I'm sitting there, and I'm going like, holy moly, what the heck was that about? And my guide said, just a demonstration of what we can do. So, you know, we are only in the very, 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 very bottom of what this this 3D working with energies, understanding it and harnessing it. You know, we can do just so many different things that you, you don't have to worry about coal or oil or windmills that are killing all the birds. And, I mean, it's just like, it's so simple when you, that's what I say, when you read Cater, Cater's, you have to, you have to, when you're reading Joseph Cater, you have to disconnect from everything that you thought you knew and just listen to what he's saying. And then it begins to become, but you'll find yourself when you're, when you're reading it, you're trying to, how does this conform to what I know? At least that's what happened to me, you know? And so you're fighting it. Just let go of every everything you know is wrong. Because you're not dealing, now you're being told it's wrong. I mean, you, this is what they've told you. But metaphysicians forever, quantum physics is let people under, begin to understand this. It's all energy all energy. So if you look at the energy, the the protons and electrons and charges, you know, all this stuff, yeah, it seems complicated because you're fighting what you, you, you've been programmed to know. Let it go. 
It's all energy. And that's why I'm so grateful both to the... I mean, you know, there's... Well, a, there's, there's to, go ahead. To begin, one, one of the most basic tenets, the law of conservation of energy, saying that, you know, you, you can't create con, uh, energy. You can only uh, transform it. You know the the, the that's what the, that's what yeah, they teach in yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. You can create electricity. All you can do is transform it. This well, even that is a lie. It's a lie. You you can actually make energy come to pass. Where there was no energy, you can actually make energy. In fact, that's the that's at the root of the zero point energy thing. That's why the zero point energy there there are more people that believe in metaphysics than physics because once you understand metaphysics you you say oh zero point energy makes perfect sense but if you're a die-hard physicist who believes in the principles as taught by the schools you're not going to accept that energy can actually be created because you you haven't been given permission to believe that you've been told that this is the this is the truth as delivered to us by god you cannot create energy all you can do is change the form and that's, those are the words you live and die by. <laughs> and you live and die by a lie because you've been lied to, like mostly everything else, I guess. <laughs> okay. So, Thank you, Walt. Uh, Mark, you got something else you'd like to look at or Derek? Um, yeah, because we were talking in the chat room that um, crews should know about Shungite. So... He's always, you know, advancing his biohacking thing, and uh, a bunch of doctors did introduce it to him in, on Twitter, and then they were dismissive about it. I don't know why they didn't look further into, I mean, you know, just a Google or, or DuckDuckGo or whatever, but I've had access to his, um, um, what do you call it, official site forum and posted it there. People do talk about energy modalities there a lot more freely. Um, even it has a Facebook group. That's Australian-based called Mitochondriacs, and um, we've talked about biogeometry and, and Shungite and other energy stuff. So um, <clears throat> peripherally, he's aware, but he's kind of more focused on, on crypto uh, recently with, with the whole you know government thing. Um, as far as other stuff, um, I, I guess any updates on the, uh, the Spooky 2? I mean, I'm a pretty regular listener of Tony Pantoloresco. He's pretty much on the material side, too, for the most part. And he constantly brings up um, never to use rye frequencies or, or spooky twos because he's had so many clients that have been like with Morgellons and nanotech where they try to do those things. And then it just makes the nanotech adapt and change and like regroup. And if anything, like expanded ended up killing like one or two of his clients or something. So um, and he's been saying that for years. Uh, I don't know if, if you guys can expand on that of, of um or have heard of anything of, of <clears throat> nanotech countering these frequencies um, from, from from those machines? Well, I, I don't understand. Uh, that's why I don't follow him at all. <laughs> you know, I, I I try to because somebody requested it of me, not because I was interested. I looked into his anti-nano device, and it. It was a it was a mystery how I was able to put anything together because he spent most of the time instead of describing the device and how it works and how to put it together, he actually 
spend the time. I think the video is 46 minutes long, and he spent 45 of those 46 minutes just talking trivia. It's like, wow, how does anybody supposed to be able to do things with these videos? So I'm not sold on him. And also, uh, I mean, if you're trying to, sorry to be so critical, <laughs> I apologize ahead of time, but how do you, so, so, let's, you are claiming that you have the solution to regrowing teeth while you only have four in your mouth? Is that, is that, is that proof that you have really gotten that solution? Well, in any case, uh, in reference, for, let's forget about that. Uh, in reference to the spooky, I don't know how, uh, I don't know how he makes that claim because uh, seeing what what is able to do, um, I don't und I don't know I don't know I don't have any that direct experience with nanotechs, but I do have a direct experience of shungite, and all I need to do is take a, a, an active shungite device, whether it be a spiral or a resonator. And just ask it to shut it, shut it off, and turn it off, because one of the, the things about the nano thing is that they don't have sentience. They're, they're not sentience. They're programmed like a computer gets programmed. They don't have the level of intelligence and sentience as Shanghai. So Shanghai knows how to turn it off and disable it for good. So uh, I wouldn't personally. I own the spook equipment. But personally, I wouldn't bother using it for more gallons or anything like it because I I just have I just have Shungite, and Shungite can turn all that stuff off. So. Uh, oh, that's good I, to know. Did I uh, lose you? Or did I did I make it the whole thing very confusing? <laughs> oh no, because it it goes right to the energetic stuff, and he doesn't really touch into that. It's more material and, uh, the yeah the material plane. So um. No, it's good. And and he's dismissive about Shungite too. Um again with the material plane thing is it's like he makes an equivalent of it's just C sixty and then C sixty can be programmed and, and used like a form of nano to, you know, damage the body. So he doesn't even know anything about the energetic, let alone shamanic aspects of it. So no that, well, that's really kind of he's funny. looking at man made uh C sixty. I yeah. in that sense I have to agree that uh, when Derek was able to get the bottles of, uh, I think it was Purple Power, and I doubted that it, there was no energy whatsoever. I, first, I don't know what was the density of uh, C60 in it, because all you could see was almost transparent oil. It looked like kind of all, like olive oil. Uh, but I could not douse and perceive any energy in it whatsoever, and he had had a similar uh, a similar experience, and it's man-made, so of course. Yeah, the, I mean, you get this craze about C60. It's like, okay, I mean, Shungite's way cheaper and more far more easily accessible. Why pay for crazy expensive uh, C60? Like what Sarah Westall pushes, like these NASA scientists and whatever. But yeah, people just need to. <laughs> and we got to get Nancy's book out to more people. So holiday gifts, you know, everybody. <laughs> or even Derek. Yeah, there uh, might be nothing else on the shelf except the Cosmic Reality Shungite book. <laughs> you know. Derek, what are you thinking? 
Oh, a whole lot of things. I'm just sitting here taking notes as well on some, um, you know, more research I'm going to do later on <clears throat> on a lot of this stuff because I I wasn't familiar with some of this information. Um, no, not. I'm just again just taking notes here, looking at all. Um, it, I, I I don't want to bring it all the way back around because we're too short on time. But the end oh of the, before oh go ahead. sorry sorry to interrupt you. I'm interrupting you because I see it's three twelve fifty three and I'm going to, to totally forget to tell you. Um, from the one of the videos with uh, this lady Janine who does the tarot, I I learned something. I heard something that I had not heard before. She said that um, because she's a firm believer in silver over gold, and she says that silver communicates directly with the etheric field. Oh yeah, so I agree. I I wasn't aware of that, but uh, she she made mention of that and made a mental note. She said yes. That, that, so that's why she she says that there, that's why there's so much silver in in spiritual work and all of that because of its ability to communicate with the other planes. Um, I haven't heard that said about gold at all. No, I'm not a fan of gold myself. And actually, on the the armoring that, that I've talked about before, with you know using your uh, imagination and emotions to etherically armor yourself, an add-on. I actually imagine in those so when you're inside that c60 molecule the different hexagons and pentagons of a silver mirror making those up inside and out and there's a whole reason mm. for that we don't have time to now but definitely of course we everybody listening knows their imagination and emotions or feelings are real so when you're doing these things and arming yourself yeah that's a suggestion is if you're standing in that soccer ball of love imagine that silver mirrors on the outside and inside and as i like to term it only that's that is compatible with you will then interact with you. And that can be because there's good, bad, and indifferent entities and energies out there. So one way to kind of, you know, choose your space is in that soccer ball of, of love with silver again. And that's why I want to emphasize the silver mirrors on either side. Mm, excellent. So you already knew. Oh yeah. Well I, well, I get to cheat too, as I like to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then when you can do that, then you're darn well. I suggest everybody go at it and share that information with everyone, which is what I like to do. Um, oh yeah. No, silver is a, like I said, a, a biocompatible frequency. And yes, it's a metal, but the frequency or energy that's on it um, is just works so well on so many levels. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of gold. Not that if you wear gold, you're going to get hexed, and I'm just going to make fun of it kind of thing. But, yes, silver is a biocompatible one, so I'm a fan of silver. Well, mm -hmm. if the etheric, I mean, if the silver makes a connection with the etheric, if it's pulling that in, that would make sense that when, what I see energetically is that if you're using the raw powder or the regular powder, um, or the nuggets themselves, that there's a pulsing. It's like the, the, I call it the quantum. We can discuss, you know, whether it is or not, but let's just call it the quantum. That you've got the quantum field and the, the entrance and to that, and entrance and exit to that area is null points of energy. And so when you've got the shungite by itself, it pulses because the door opens and shuts, open and shuts. But when you've got the silver, it stays open. And I, I can see that energetically, but it would be that connection to the etheric in that the etheric is probably what we 
what the scientists call the quantum field. Is that what you think, Walt? Um, I think the quantum field it, it goes beyond because the the uh, when you talk about the etheric, you are talking about a specific frequency density. You know, you have etheric, you have astral, you have spiritual, you have different densities of. Uh, this it's like a layer of densities. They're, they're different, but when you're talking about the quantum field. I think the quantum field just covers everything. It's 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 almost like Shanghai because that's, that was my experience when I used to do the shamanic journeys. Uh, you when you do shamanic journey, you get uh, you get used to seeing other life forms. Looking, for example, a life form that looks like a plant, like zucchinis, for example. Here we we look we know what a zucchini looks like. We have them in make salads, whatever. But when you go into the into another dimension, the zucchinis are actually they look like little gnomes. That's what they look like because that's that's what their intelligence is like. And the same thing happens with the Shanghai. You, when you move to the other uh, dimensions, it it's still there. So physically, we are aware of Shanghai as this black rock, but actually, you, you go up in vibration. And it looks like a life form. In my case, I, it looks like a lion. But I guess if you keep going up, uh, it it'll take another form. But it's present every. It's present in all the dimensions. You keep going up in the frequency. You still keep finding Shanghai. It's not limited to one or two layers of frequency. And so I think I think that when we're talking about the quantum field, we're talking about everything, all the layers, up and down. And that the three D is just, just yeah, and the three D is just one layer of the quantum. I think so. Yeah. All right, we're like uh, one minute out here, two minutes out here. So, um, Walt, thank you so very much. I'll see you on Cosmic Reality later today at six p.m. Eastern time with uh, Dolly Howard and um, Mark. Do you want to say good night or good day? I guess it's day here. Well, yeah, good day. <laughs> Yeah, no, but, uh, thank you all for a great show, and, and Derek, um, looking forward to the next show, and Metaphysical, the Metaphysical show. Yep. Metaphysical Perspectives, yes, that's coming up. Um, Derek, you want to say bye-bye? Absolutely, appreciate everyone being here, especially you, Walt, you're always a great special guest, and thank you, thank you, Mark and Nancy, and we're looking forward to the next show. And Walter? Thank you for inviting Thank you for inviting me. Was this a great show? And I really enjoyed my time uh, talking with you people. And I enjoyed the listeners because they are super intelligent and they have intelligent questions to ask of us. And so thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Awesome. All right. We'll see you on Metaphysical Perspectives coming up in just a few minutes. You have been listening to the Shanghai Radio Show produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for being here. Be safe.